On today's show, where is Donovan Mitchell going as a player? And what does his future in Cleveland hold? We'll talk about it, make some predictions on a new episode of Locked On Cavs. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, and that's guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. All right, I am Chris Manning. That is Evan Jamrell. We are the Locked On Cavs podcast. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work. On production, uh, Evan, let's start with our show roadmap for the day. Segment one, where is Mitchell going as a player? Segment two, his contract status and extension and money and all of that fun stuff. And then third segment, we'll make some predictions about Mitchell's future, Mitchell's future in Cleveland specifically. But Evan, I ask you this. Next season, his age 27 season, where is Donovan Mitchell, where is Donovan Mitchell going as a player? That's a good question because I think we saw the absolute best of what Donovan Mitchell is currently as a player. And I talked about this on Wednesday's show. Like, is he starting to maybe hit that proverbial ceiling of what he can be as a player? But the expectation should be another repeat performance of what we got last season during the regular season. Um, All NBA honors, all star stuff uh, in Indianapolis instead of Salt Lake City this time around. Um, Probably more committed to the defensive side of the ball with hopeful, like, offensive support from not just Darius Garland, but Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and all the new faces as well. And once the postseason rolls around, like a legitimate run in the playoffs, like whether that means the conference finals, maybe even sneaking to the NBA finals somehow, but like the goal should be conference finals or bust. And Donovan Mitchell has to be the front runner in all of that and just kind of guiding the Cavs and trial, probably at least carrying the Cavs to there at some points. I am fascinated about where this goes because I, I we talked about this on on Wednesday. He's in a somewhat similar spot than he than where he was coming in last year. He's coming off of a big season. He made All NBA team for the first time, but then again for him, he gets a, a really bitter playoff loss where he didn't play that well in the playoffs and like shot under thirty percent from three and just like wasn't the best version of himself. It's like he's not like over the hill, obviously. Like that's yeah. not really what I'm getting at here. What I'm, he, but he's 27. Like this is prime time for Mitchell. Like this is like his prime may be longer. Primes do seem to last a little longer, even for guards. But like we're getting towards like what the apex of him could and might be. So like, what does that look like this year as another response to a disappointing playoff exit? I, I that mentality question, what that what that drive looks like for him. That's my number one question. I don't have like any questions about like what he is as a player. We know what he is. Like I think he mm-hmm. could change and evolve still. We can talk about that. But like we kind of know how great he is, but what is the mentality? What is the drive? What is eating at him right now is is to me like a very fascinating question about where he's going. Yeah, and I I think it's fair to look at it through that lens. I think people read way too much on what he's been doing off the court this offseason and in his free time, but 
on the court, I, I am curious because like you said, and we talked about this on Wednesday's show, he came in clearly motivated, um, owned up to the fact that he was not great for the Jazz and that flame out to Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, and the Mavericks in the first round in his last year with Jazz. And like he was saying all the right things and at least early into the regular season and for the better part of the regular season was definitely owning up to or like just backing up what he said in terms of, hey, I wasn't great defensively. I need to be better. I need to learn how to delegate and trust my teammates offensively and maybe not just be the guy who carries the offense on a night-to-night basis. And you saw a lot of that with Mitchell all throughout last season with the Cavs. But now, like I said, like we, we have like the baseline. We know what his absolute best can be as a player, at least with Cleveland. We know what his best can be as a player. And how does he follow up that performance? Is he able to take it to another level? Is he possible to hit another gear gear in that sense where like, okay, you did all these things. Great. Can you do that? And then be even better than last year. And that's what I'm curious to see what he can be as a player. And I think the added offensive support and weapons, the Cavs got this off season should certainly make that possible. And a lot of that does fall on the coaching staff to like set everybody up for success, but it's a two way street. Like Mitchell has to really, maybe not really not maybe, but he has to follow up the performance he gave last season with something even better. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what that better could look like. I, I think the the part about his game and, and what could change, too, I think is interesting. And it, does that lead to improvement? Like, I, I'm i curious to see if he is a little bit better of a creator. And, like, that's, that's how it yeah. diversifies his game, right? Like, I think that, in conjunction with Garland, would make a lot of sense. Like, I don't think he's going to be a defensive savant or a wing stopper mm-hmm. or, like be that but if he can play with defensive intention and effort like he did last year on, on a lot of nights i'm not saying 82 games but like a lot of the of the big games and the games where matters and in the playoffs and then maybe he's just a little bit more of a of a positive creator for others and it's not it doesn't feel like it's so much on garland i think that would be really good for him i think that'd be good for garland i think that'd be good for evan mobley i think the team would be better if that's an evolution of mitchell's that comes here but you know i'm curious to see like you know what what was you know, that it, it will be a question. It's a standard media day question for like every player. What did you work on this summer? I'm curious to see how he answers that and, and what kind of lens he will offer into that. I, I'm really just fascinated by Donovan Mitchell's mm-hmm. brain, honestly, because like he compared to the other stars you had on this well, I think earlier in this week, like he, he doesn't tell us everything, but comparatively, like I feel like we learn more about him than we do some of the other guys. And that leads me to wonder, okay, what is driving him? What is, what is he focused on as far as how he gets better at this point in his career? Yeah, and I like you said, like what drives him, what motivates him to get better at this point in his career. And we hit on this on what the Cavs need to like maybe do internally just to improve because there's only so much the offseason additions can do. Like these aren't superstars the Cavs went out and got. These were role players to fit specific needs that Cleveland had. Um, and in the playmaking aspect is certainly part of it. Like we saw flashes of it at times uh, when he was asked to be the lead guard on the offense on offense for the Cavs and maybe be like that pseudo point with the bench unit. And you saw a lot of success with it. Uh, you saw a ton of success with it in game two of the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs where he was kind of playing off of Darius Garland and just uh, threading the offense playmaking wise based off just like the gravity and the defensive attention that he was getting from New York. Like there are certain things he can do uh, and also maybe is he creative and taking like a secondary role in terms of scoring at times as well. Like there's a lot of ways that this can evolve and just kind of acquiesce as time goes on and what is Mitchell going to do differently? Like you said, it's going to be a training camp question. It's going to be a media day question. He's probably either going to give like 
a, a bit of a, like a boilerplate answer with maybe some sprinklings yep. of things he's worked on, of course. Like that's just part and parcel of what Media Day and just that event is. But um, yeah, it's more so just like he may say a few things that like give you a little bit of like a lens into what he's working on or what he's focused on. And then you have to see, OK, is it translating to what he's doing on the court as well? He, let me ask you this. Is he all NBA <clears throat> next year? The field is going to be crowded. Uh, we talked about this, like in terms of all-star appearances for the Cavs in general, just because the guard spot is so crowded across the board. But I certainly think it's attainable just because he's one of the, he's the arguably the best shooting guard in the Eastern conference. And so like there's obviously Mikhail Bridges is technically that spot. Jimmy Butler's position is fluid too. So is Jalen Brown, but like Mitchell, Mitchell's up there. Like he's a superstar level player and, is going to be probably on a top four team in the Eastern Conference next season. It's just, it depends on how it I goes. Think like, I, th- I think it's possible. Like, I think he will be first I, or second team. It's just, the field is crowded. Wouldn't be surprised if, like, if a, a couple other players made a compelling argument to get there. But, like, if he's there, also wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think All-Star, like, is, I would be surprised if he didn't make it. I think All-NBA is, like, a little trickier just because of the depth. I mean, if you're, that's not yeah. just Nice thing. That's, like, it, that's Devin Booker. That's Anthony yeah. Edwards. That's, that's deep. And, like, I, like, I think like game for game book like might have been better than him last year. And I think book like is probably a little is, is ahead of him in, in that hierarchy and coming oh, for yeah. like, it is really competitive at the, at the guard spots. It's what squeezes Garland as well in, in those conversations. So yeah, I, I think it's possible, but like I, to me it is very possible that he plays nearly as well as he did last year. And just like, maybe doesn't make it for whatever he's like that, that, mm-hmm. that would not shock me if that's the outcome we see here. All right. Coming up next, his contract. He's not going to be a free agent next year, next offseason. But conversations about his future and his contract are valid. You start have right now a year out from when this could hit some kind of break. And we'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Let me repeat that for emphasis. All customers who bet $5, just $5, will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, back here on the Lockdown Cast podcast. Chris Manning and Evan Damerill. Uh Brian Windhorst a couple weeks ago said this on TV, and this is where I want to start with this. Mm-hmm. Not to aggregate the god, but I, this is just more compelling than the the rant that one of his colleagues went on on a podcast that I don't really want to give air to. I don't think under I don't think under any circumstances he was ever considering extending the season, and I think the Cavs knew that when they traded for him. I think the pressure point comes a year from now when he's got one year left on his contract, and boy, I could not agree with that more. Wendy has much better sourcing than I do because he's freaking Brian Windhorse. But if you think about this mathematically, if you think about this from the Cavs' perspective in terms of what do you do with Mitchell, it's a year from now, next summer, 
you know, maybe this time next August, maybe it's July, whatever. I think that's when you start like kind of wondering about this in his contract a little bit. Uh, I think until then, it's it's kind of hard to say anything concrete, even if he gets asked about it. I wouldn't blame him if he just deflects all those questions, if I'm being honest. But next summer is when I think, Evan, this starts to become like a, a real, real thing to, to think about the extension and if he's interested in sticking around or not. So it's going to be a sticking point no matter what, I think the narrative of them flaming out against the Knicks and, you know, him spending time with Knicks brass during the off season or the fact that he's a vocal Mets fan, even though his dad has been a part of the Mets organization his entire life, but whatever. Um, either way, there's going to be speculation no matter what, until he signs some form of an extension. Um, I, I think it's reckless, reckless speculation just because we don't know what he's going to do. And as Wendy laid out, and as you said, it makes more sense for him financially to sign an extension later instead of now, especially just like under current like CBA ramifications. And also just like contractually, he can make more money the more experience he has under his belt. Um, I'm curious to see how it happens and how it works out. Like Kobe Altman kind of alluded to this during um, his uh, end of season media availability that Mitchell has done a lot to prove to the Cavs that like, he either a wants to be here or b like is something the Cavs want to keep going for as long as humanly possible but like it's also on them to prove to mitchell like hey we could build a winner because there was a very human moment just at the end of the last at the end of the season where he's just like he was fed up with losing in the first round in the second round he's fed up with having these earlier end of season press conferences because he wants to go further and he wants to play meaningful basketball late into the or into the early summer and late into the season and it's now on the Cavs to kind of prove to him like, hey, uh, we obviously traded a ton to get you, but we are trying to build a proven winner around you and Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. And there's probably going to be more uncomfortable conversations between now and then that the Cavs have to have internally just in order to achieve that. But like once the Cavs maybe get like a clear indication of like, hey, Donovan isn't going to stay here long term. Maybe they have that conversation about trading him. But like it's reckless to speculate on what his future is, because to be frank, I don't think anyone really knows what it is until we have maybe a clear understanding of what this fit is and what Mitchell under or with the Cavs can be um, just like overall. Here's just but here's the, the ultimate thing, though. I think from the Cavs side, I think when it comes down to it. You're going to offer him whatever it would take him to take. That is just how this works. That is how it yeah. worked with Jalen Brown, ultimately. That is how it's worked with every star player that that gets to a certain point, <coughs> even if the numbers feel huge and they are going to continue to feel insane as the cap goes up. From mm -hmm. a Cavs point of view, the question is not like, how much do you offer Donovan Mitchell? It is, can you just get him to sign it? I think the Mitchell thing is is much more complicated than if Mitchell says is wavering or like whatever, then I think the Cavs thing becomes much more complicated. But I think until you know for sure that it's going in a certain direction or you do reading that way or his agent communicates that or whatever that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to happen between now and then I think you're right about that. The Cavs is just going to be like, you want X for, you want the max we can give you for X number of years. Here you go. Sign it. Let's, let's get this done. I think that from, if, if it's up to them, health provided all that stuff i that's probably where they would just like it to be headed for for because it's yeah you keep the really good player you can trade it all the stuff for him like yeah. you we'll talk about the recouping cost part of this i guess in segment three we can talk about it now but like i don't i don't like 
the value is getting Donovan Mitchell. The value is not like yes. trading for Donovan Mitchell, giving up stuff, and then trying to recoup value for him in another way. I think it's hard to know what that would even look like. Uh, and that's not what I was trying to get at by saying that. It's just more so the fact that like, how do they structure this and navigate this going forward? Because he isn't eligible for a Supermax extension with the Cavs because um, his timer reset after he was traded after not getting yeah you it has it has to be on the team yeah it has to be in the team that drafted you for you to get the supermax that's so like that's that's not a thing and like but he could get some pretty healthy lucrative money if he like maybe he pulls the lebron and signs like a short-term extension or he signs like mini extensions to just drag this out until he hits that certain length in the nba where like he has a certain amount of tenure with the cavaliers basketball in general like he could time it that way and like then you cash in on it and like you said, it's not a matter of a question of if, then like a lot of things can change between now and then when it happens. But like the Cavs just have to be ready to foot the bill when the time comes to say, and if Mitchell's like, okay, yeah, I will sign a long-term extension with you guys. The Cavs just have to swallow that bitter pill of it probably being a lot, a lot of money. And again, it's, it's not really my issue. I don't weep for the millionaires and billionaires that own these organizations, but that's part and parcel of building a contender and also having superstars on your team. Like you have to pay the price at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, this is the the cost of it. I think that the, I would be surprised a little bit if he took like Mitchell has not had like so Anthony Davis this summer took like a, a shorter like a extended based off his current deal. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason he does that is because well he's had these injury concerns. You go get the money. I don't think Mitchell yeah. has Mitchell has not had the injury stuff that's gonna think dictated. I think he's just gonna like like it's very possible that he just like runs this up to free agency and like signs the the whatever the deal he can sign is then like whatever that ultimately looks with the cap in years like and then maybe maybe there's a there's probably a player option in it he has one in it now like part of the we should i guess just to say this explicitly so donovan mitchell's contract as of right now is this he's gonna make 32.6 million this year for his age 27 season he's gonna make 34.8 in his age 28 season and then for 25 26 he has a player option for 37 million dollars Based on the numbers he can get, uh, he's going to turn that down, and he's probably he's mm-hmm. going to get above fifty into this near sixty, whatever it ends up being. He's going to get a crap ton of money oh, when yeah. it comes down to it as he heads into his age twenty nine, and it'll probably take him to thirty four. He's going to maximize that window. It's just about you know where that is and and what that looks like. Um, he and look, he look just to be frank about it mathematically Giannis had quotes this week in the New York times or last week. Yeah. Last week at this point mm-hmm. about like, why does it like, it doesn't make sense for him to sign an extension. Now it doesn't make sense for Mitchell to sign an extension. Now as much as people might like want him to, and you just like, you'd like him to do you a favor and balm your ease. If you're anxious about this, it does not make sense for him to sign it now, both from a money perspective. And let's see mm-hmm. where this project is in a year. Like on, from his perspective, he's doing the right thing. Honestly, yeah. not that he needs me to tell him that, but he is. Yeah, and like you said, it's a, it's a financial thing, and also, as you said, it's let's see where this is at this time next year, because what if the Cavs have another spectacular flame out, and like they have to have that uncomfortable conversation of like, should we trade Jared Allen to make more of a explosive move to improve our prospects, or does Donovan Mitchell look at this and say like, I I, I just don't think I can get where I want to be with this Cavs team that's still young and growing up and finding itself because. 
it is an interesting spot that the Cavs kind of find themselves in because Mitchell is a proven star who is in his entering his quote unquote prime or is at least already in it. And he has a bunch of young bucks with him that are kind of waiting to get to that point, of course. But yeah, financially it makes sense. And also like you can maintain that at least luxury and flexibility because if this you want to run this out until the very end, like you maximize your options and everything. And then you realize like, hey, this ain't it. You can just go into free agency and just let the top bidder pay for you, whoever has the cap space at the time. Like, God knows what team that's going to be when that time comes along. But yeah, you just maintain flexibility because, from a financial standpoint, like you said, it would calm the nerves of a lot of fans if he just signed an extension right away. But, like, why would he? You want to cash in as much as you can and maintain as much flexibility as possible. And the Anthony Davis thing is interesting. Maybe he signs a shorter deal like that. So it gives him the luxury of re entering free agency on top of cashing in on guaranteed money now so at least you know you have financial stability for the next few years but then also if there's an option in it like you said like a player option he can decline that and then cash in even further on it if he wants to because he does have the luxury of just good health on his side yeah next year this escalates i think we'll see where it goes are coming up next next summer it's gonna be like something definitely like i'm gonna have earmarked and like keep an eye on but there's gonna be a lot of stupid reckless speculation on top of no but like i but like the way this works is like we are gonna like you're gonna know one i think we are gonna know one way or the other a year from now so uh, coming up next let's make some predictions about what's gonna really happen here all right uh look i mean here's where i go with this the knicks are the team that he's always been linked to and thought he thought Mm -hmm. he was gonna go to we've hit this over the head people get whatever Here's just a, th- a thing that I think people should think about in thinking about this. Okay. How much... We don't really know how much the Knicks as they are now are really going to prioritize him as much as he maybe is going to flirt with them and want to maybe end up there. I think that has a lot to say. We with The, the Knicks are in the spot where they have Brunson. Are they going to want to pair Brunson with Mitchell? I think they, if they really wanted to, they might have just done it last summer and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They could... Go after Embiid. They could go after Giannis. They're gonna probably they're gonna star hunt. We we know that, but I I think they're. I wonder if they look for not another guard to play with Jalen Brunson. I wonder if they look for a big. I wonder if they look for a forward. I I think, I think it's very possible that part of this is ultimately that like maybe the Knicks just don't want Mitchell as as much as he might hope, and that that changes the calculus. Like I I don't do not think that that has been discussed enough as like a part of this that this isn't. Like, solely up to Mitchell flirting with the Knicks to get himself there at some point. The Knicks are, at some point, are going to have to, like, actually pony up, I think, to to get him in a, in a way that they have internal willingness to. That's why he's in Cleveland in the frickin' first place. Yeah, like, but of course, there's a lot of just, like, metric, other stuff, too, like, extending Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett at certain times just made it harder for the Knicks to, like, agree to a trade Yeah, but if sooner. they, oh, but, like, look, if they but, really like wanted said, to, if, if they, they want, really they wanted, just, if they wanted, they would they would have they made it happen. They would have made it happen, but they had They would have traded those guys and not extended them and been like, hey, we got Donovan Mitchell, and they didn't do it. They extended those <clears> guys yeah. instead. Here we are. And maybe there's, maybe they're waiting for Mikhail Bridges to complete their Villanova set, but either way, um, I agree with you. Like the Knicks probably would have done it. I wonder if there's other teams out there. Like maybe it's the Miami Heat if they still kind of just the, the Heat are always going to be a team that's just like constantly in the, the the race for a star level player. And I think they were a team that was at least briefly mentioned as like an option. Um, just like when the Mitchell trade sweepstakes started to open up a little bit. Um, 
Maybe it's the Houston Rockets if Dylan Brooks doesn't stick along there long term. I don't know how long his deal is with the Rockets, but like, do they want to prepare Fred Van Fleet with Donovan Mitchell, or maybe they want to pair Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and Alpin Sengun and all the other things that the Rockets are working with right now too. But but Mitchell would have to sig- but Mitchell would have to sig- like if he's going to go anywhere via trade. I think at some point, I think with the, where the Cavs get in a little bit of trouble with this is he's going to have to signal, I would resign there. I think any team that trades for him yeah. next oh, summer, it, to, for the Cavs to get what they want to some degree, it's going to require Mitchell being like, I want to go here. And like I, that that in itself is like a whole other complicated question. It is a very complicated question, and I don't think there's a very clear answer to it either. Like The, the Knicks thing is interesting. Like dude, The Knicks, like by every public indication, like the Knicks aren't like gung-ho to getting Donovan Mitchell. I think they're happy the fact that like, Hey, a superstar level player is like openly considering wanting to play for us. But like you said, like they probably want to go like biggest name possible hunting. Like, do they want to go after Joel Embiid? Maybe somehow they enter the James Harden sweepstakes if like things completely fall to the wayside in Philly in that situation or like whatever James Harden ends up doing ultimately long term. Like, do they want to maybe take a stab at like Paul George if Paul George becomes available if the Clippers blow it up like the, the Knicks are keeping the powder dry to be in a similar situation to where the Cavs are at where they can either acquire a bigger name via trade they can acquire a bigger name through signing by keeping their cap space pretty fluid and open as well and they're also just like they have a pretty solid unit to begin with like that's a team that trucked the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs and then they got trounced by the Heat in the second round but either way like the the Cavs are an in- interesting spot where they are kind of at mercy of what Donovan Mitchell wants to do, but also like they maybe have at least the added luxury or at least knowledge of like we can offer Mitchell the most money in free agency if it comes down to that. And two, uh, there may not be a lot of teams that are like gung ho to sign a guy who is, and we talk about a lot of good Donovan Mitchell. But, like, let's be realistic; like he's a six one guard who, yes, finally like not finally played. Defense, but like played legitimate defense for the first time in his career, but it took him nine years to get to that point to play like meaningful impact defense on his team. Um, and, and there's a couple other factors and just like concerns that are quietly a part of what Donovan Mitchell is, and also the fact that like he is in his prime. Like, do you, how much how much is he worth to certain teams? And maybe because it's a tough song and dance because he's a US unrestricted free agent. Like, the, the, I wonder what the market dictates what Donovan Mitchell is worth as a player overall. Like. I don't know. It's going to be a fun, not fun. It's going to be stressful for some, but like, it's going to be interesting to see how this situation evolves and just plays out over the coming months. And especially when next summer hits, like we may have a little bit of a clear understanding of maybe a team that is keeping their powder dryer, like trying to make moves to acquire Donovan Mitchell or, like, is there going to be, like, legitimate threat that emerges to the Cavs? Or, like, do the Cavs kind of realize, like, oh, we don't have a ton of competition when it comes to, like, fighting for Donovan Mitchell in free agency. And on this, let's make some predictions. Uh, I'll go first. Let's say, is he on the team? Not the season after this. I'm going to say yes. Like, I I really, maybe I'm just, like, too deep in, like, a, a market reading phase here, Evan. Um, mm-hmm. I just think the market might break in a way where he looks at it and says, okay, the Knicks did this other thing. They don't have the stuff to get me. I could try to go there and for agency, I guess. Maybe that maybe he tells the Cavs that and like they have to blink and trade him and he's a runnel somewhere. But I think ultimately like he's gonna they're gonna be in his power, but they win a bunch. They're really successful. He's with Garland and Mobley. I kind of think it's this might just break in a way where he ends up re-upping for a while and at least he starts another contract with the team. I don't know where that goes after that. 
But I just the way this kind of looks to me right now is I just wonder if the market breaks that way with this, just because of what the Knicks do. As much as what the Cavs do, if the Knicks just go in another direction or and there's not another place he'd really force himself to, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like there necessarily is, I wonder if he just looks at it, takes all the money in the world, and hey, it's uh, it's playing with Darius Carter and Evan Mobley and making like $60 million a year. Could be worse, and I, I agree with you. I think he will be back in some form, not this upcoming season, but the following season. My hotter take is is the Cavs will trade Jared Allen to really like push the needle and showed him like, yeah, we, we are more than willing to build a contender of some sorts around you and Garland and Mo. Is that do you so is that your is that your prediction? My prediction is he'll be with the Cavs uh I don't know how long, but he'll be on the Cavs in some way, shape, or form, not this upcoming season, but the following season. But like the bigger shakeup will be like Jared Allen is no longer in the picture and the Cavs are trying to like continuously prove to him, like, yeah, this is it's worth your while to sign an extension now <laughs> instead of later, because it's more cost effective for the Cavs for him to sign an extension now instead of later. But they're more so just making the moves to like build a actual like quote unquote contender around Mitchell. And like you said, like, yeah, maybe the market just doesn't manifest the way it does. All right, let's end there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damrell back at you after Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the last little embers of summer. Everyone thinks going to Jake Stevens. We're producing. Check out Locked in NBA if you haven't already. Peace out, everyone. Enjoy the week.